When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. I'm about the past, I'm about the future. Woo! What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Draft Bye. It's here. The draft is a week and a half away, and so I'm going to try and catch everybody up on any prospects they don't know about. You guys probably know these guys, and here's my opinion on a few of them, right? Uh, but, like, before we get into the prospects, right, if you don't know, if you check the name of the episode, we're talking running backs. Well, big deal just happened today or yesterday, depending on, I guess, depending on when you're listening and when this podcast gets out there yesterday, is Christian McCaffrey just signed a four-year extension, a four-year, $64 million, averaging $16 million a year on the extension. Now, I think when you actually look at it long-term, it's going to end up being a little bit different, right? It's going to be because uh, you're also including the years he has left on the contract, so it probably isn't really $16 million on average a year when you include the amount left on the contract. So there, there might be... Uh, it's going to probably, in the long run, average out differently. But, so his his current contract still got a couple years left on him. The This new contract, but like even still, the new contract, we've seen these deals fall through, right? Like, David Johnson got a, like a, a big extension a couple years ago, and now he's not even on the Cardinals. Todd Gurley just got released, and he still has a cap hit on the LA Rams, and now he's also going to be playing for the Atlanta Falcons while he and he's going to get paid by the LA Rams while he's playing for the Atlanta Falcons. So so far, these running back deals have not panned out, right? But what I think the, the Carolina Panthers giving uh, Christian McCaffrey this extension, I think what they're doing is they're saying, "Listen, we think you're a good player. We think you're more than just the average running back. We know you're a great pass catcher. You are dynamic, and you bring something good enough to the game that if we rebuild in the next two three years and we are ready." We already have such a key weapon, and by that point, they've probably shifted the money around enough where it's probably, like, because think about it, it's a four-year extension, right? As far as the terms that I know as of right now, four-year extension, when you add on the two years that he's got left, that's, you know, he's probably, like, six years, $74 million or $72 million, which is... And I don't really know the full details. I'm just kind of going off the top of my head on this. But really, it's like a six-year, $72 million deal, which really brings it out to, like, $12 million a year, not $16 million a year. But the extension is $16 million a year. So what they're looking at it as is, listen, is Christian McCaffrey worth $16 million a year? And I think they think, yes, I think the – I, and I think a lot of teams will, and especially when you look at how the, the cap's going to be growing in the next few years because of the new CBA, potentially the new TV deals. You know, this was also thinking not Corona crisis, but even still, they're really looking at it as a six-year deal, right? It's an extension under the two years he's got left. So, yeah, $12 million a year for Christian McCaffrey might be worth it, especially when you look at what he brings to an offense now you got to hope you don't kill the kid, right? Like they run him into the ground at least up until now they have. Now they have a different coaching staff. It, you know, everybody was thinking up until this point, like, dude, Christian McCaffrey's probably not long for the Carolina Panthers, right? Like that's what I was thinking. Like if you're rebuilding and you got a, an expert running back, I would try to find a, a trade partner, get an extra pick or two, and try to find the next guy for the future further down the line. But they must think they're close, right? They must think, like, okay, we might be rebuilding. 
but we don't think it's that much of a rebuild. It's probably like a two-year rebuild, not a four-year rebuild or a one-year rebuild. So overall, typically I'm not a big fan of giving extensions to running backs, but I think what Christian McCaffrey brings to the passing game, again, like you are – how much do receivers make, right? How much How much do you pay for a slot receiver who's also a running back? This is a big question when uh, the Steelers were paying Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell wanted to be paid like a lead, a lead running back and a top receiver because he was a, a dynamic pass catcher. Well, McCaffrey is probably one of the most dynamic pass catchers out of the backfield and one of the you know, and probably one of the top running backs in the NFL. You know, as far as yards from scrimmage, I don't think there's anybody else who does it better. So this deal doesn't seem like it's all that crazy, right? Like you would think right off the bat you're paying a running back, but if they find a way to utilize him, and again, I'm thinking, you know, like long-term, A, like you're talking about, you know, six years down the line, $12 million a year for Christian McCaffrey, especially if you're using him as this kind of quasi-slot weapon where you're looking at receivers, receivers are getting $20 million. Right, there might be a uh, market inefficiency to paying somebody like Christian McCaffrey, who is such a dynamic weapon, not even as part of the backfield, just as a receiver. You know, how much do you know? You look at what some receivers get, just as as slot receivers, eight million dollars, ten million dollars. Some of them, there there's some uh, benefits. You look at what Devin Funchess got. I think I'd rather have Christian McCaffrey than Devin Funchess. Right, and Devin Funches got like thirteen million dollars last year. I I think that uh, Christian McCaffrey brings a little bit more to the game than him. So, do I think you know, Christian McCaffrey is, you know, again, you have to worry about breaking the kid. But honestly, I think he makes more on a play. To, like, it is weird that I'm saying this, right? Because I am team don't pay running backs, but then when you bring up a guy like Christian McCaffrey and what he brings to the table, like the replacement level of him, you know, the what he kind of does. I, I, you know, I don't know if you really can replace what McCaffrey does. I guess you can. You really could try and find another running back who does what he does and maybe runs as well as he does. I just like what he brings to the table. I actually am not hating on this deal. This is another deal in the past three days that's probably going to get blasted a little bit on social media, but maybe it's, it's the – it's uh, the look of that type of deal. Again, like Brandon Cooks and the Texans, it's what the Texans have done previous to this point. With this, it's what Brandon, like, again, what Christian McCaffrey, what we've seen with other running backs and what they bring to the table. Well, when you look at Christian McCaffrey, a lot of what he does is he is dynamic in the passing game. So I don't know. I'm not hating on this deal, especially when you look at it as an extension and really what they're paying up for is probably about on average 12 to $13 million a year when you include the two years left on the deal. So now for what you guys all really came for, right? Yeah, you know, you know, the Christian McCaffrey contract's fun and all. A lot of information there. But you came for uh, some, I, you know, some perspective on some prospects, right? Some prospective, if you will. Uh, yeah, so we're going to talk running backs today in this NFL draft, the 2020 NFL draft. These, you know, There's some great running backs. You probably heard me say it before. You probably heard a lot of people say it's a very good draft for running backs. It's a deep draft at running backs. So uh, I'm going to go start off with my top three. This is kind of like a tier thing. Keep in mind, this is like if I was running a team, right? This is what I would want. I think a lot of times there's a um, there's different kind of schemes and styles. And a lot of times I'm looking for guys who 
I think have a lot more versatility or uh, like potential to be more dynamic, if you will. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go my top three. This is like my tier one, and the reason why I like these guys is they're very versatile and they have some very unique skills and interesting skill sets. So my top three, in kind of a particular order, but not really, is DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And honestly, of the three I like the most, I kind of like Hilaire the most. Like, if I was a guy coaching a team, I want that guy, especially because I'm thinking you probably don't have to spend a first-round pick on the guy, but who knows? Like, you never know how the NFL values these guys. So I'm going to go down the list, though, because the, the two that are talked a lot is uh, the the first running back off the board that's not in the, that are in this tier are DeAndre Swift and J.K. Dobbins, right? Uh, DeAndre Swift at Georgia. Again, those two, uh, and all these guys have played in a lot of big games, have had a pretty good career so far in college football. And let's go with DeAndre Swift, right? Uh, very dynamic. Kind of reminds me almost Alvin Kamara style runner. Uh, decent pass blocker. Uh, can line up outside in the slot to get some uh, interesting matchups and looks. Uh, flips contact really well. Speed, a B-plus level route runner. So, like again, I like him because he's dynamic as far as a receiver. He's a good pass blocker. He's also a really good runner. Um, gets to the outside quick, good lateral quickness. Doesn't completely avoid contact, but tries to limit it. Like, he does – and all three of these guys do this to some degree, right? They are very good laterally. Uh, this kind of shows what I like in a running back is some level of lateral quickness. Uh, and – not always taking contact head on, but just getting them off on it. So, uh, gets like I say, gets the outside quick. Uh, he can get a matchup in space as a receiver. He's uh, really impressive as a pass blocker. I, I again, uh, him and Dobbins, I, I think, are amazing pass blockers. I think they're going to get on the field right away in the NFL because of that skill set. Um, like I say, he's good getting to the edge. He has the long – both him and Dobbins. I'm going to – like, again, these guys are very similar players, and they they have the long speed to get to that – take the ball to the house. Um, and I think the, the thing that I like about Swift is he's got a decent amount of patience and good balance, and he never seems to go down on first contact. In fact, none of these three guys do. Like, all three of these guys seem to have a way of just constantly moving. Uh, Swift, I, like I said before, kind of reminds me of an Alvin Kamara-styled runner. He's uh, he's very dynamic. Uh, again, like the pass catching I love. Uh, Dobbins is probably the best pass blocker in the class. I've had other people tell me that. I had uh, a couple of other people who have had on the, dra on the on draft vice tell me that. Uh, he's Honestly, when I watched his tape, I felt like he was like a, a designated pass blocker sometimes. He... He was out there pass blocking for, I, I felt like, almost 30% of his snaps in some games. It was a lot. Like, they were basically using him more as a pass blocker than as a run blocker this year in uh, in Ohio State's offense. Uh, he's got good speed, and when he breaks it outside, uh, great when he breaks it outside, uh, amazing long speed. There was a couple of games where he just broke it away. The Clemson game, right, the, the college football uh, playoffs, uh, broke, broke away, got a touchdown in that game. He is a uh, very dynamic player. He's also got great leg drive, right? Very, uh, very good hips, very good uh, power, 
and gets vertical. Like he, you know, there was a couple of uh, touchdowns where he literally just leaped over people. So between his leg drive, his uh, ability to kind of, you know, again, another guy who's good laterally and makes himself hard to tackle by kind of like he he'll take contact. He's not he's not afraid of contact. But what he does is he makes it so that your full hit's not getting him. So he's good at rolling contact. Uh, he gets skinny when he's trying to hit a hole. Like, there's some guys who have a hard time hitting, a, like, certain, like, kind of holes in the, in the offensive line. And he just finds a way to kind of squeak through there. Uh, gets downfield fast enough to block for receivers. Uh, you're not taking him down with arm tackles. In fact... You know, he keeps moving forward for yards after contact a, a lot. It, you know, he gets hit, he does not stop going. So these two guys are, and, and like I said, I actually feel like they're both very similar to watch. They're very, like, similar but slightly different. Like, he's a, I felt like Dobbins was a little bit more like, like, almost like his more, uh, you know, the other Ohio State kid, Zeke Elliott, like a little bit of like a, like a B plus A minus version of Zeke Elliott doesn't have everything Zeke Elliott did, but has a lot of it. So that's kind of what I look at him as. He's like kind of just a little bit less of Zeke Elliott. If you're looking for 90% of Zeke Elliott, that's him. And then uh, DeAndre Swift reminds me a lot of Alvin Kamara. Uh, so there's one other guy I mentioned, not often mentioned in the top of uh, people's lists, but he's he's honestly a lot of people do like him. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, right? LSU's running back. Honestly, I felt like he was the most fun guy to watch. Uh, he would line up outside. He, you know, he's got some very loose hips, everybody. If anything, like, the other two guys had no problem taking contact. This guy was just hard to hit. Like, he was, he didn't have really necessarily long, deep speed. But what he did was, like, almost like he was, like, his uh, ability to cut and change direction and move laterally it, it didn't matter. Like, it, you just weren't taking this guy down. Uh, he he kind of reminds me of a mixture of Devontae Freeman, Ray Rice, and James White. Like, he is that good of a receiver that James White is his comp for me as, like, a receiving back. And his ability to run and, like, make it hard to take him down reminds me a lot of Devontae Freeman's kind of, like, again, contact balance, like, kind of like, uh, weeble wobble, but you won't fall down, kind of feeling to him. And again, he's, he's just—he's got good contact balance and good lateral movement, right? Like he's just very dynamic, very loose. Uh, lined up, a, a great open field vision. Uh, great at guys making just flat out miss. Uh, you ever watch the Alabama game? He just—this shows it very well. Uh, the loosest hips, like amazing lateral quickness. And again, he's a lot of option routes out of the backfield, can line up out wide, line up in the slot. This guy is a very unique kind of – like, I say unique player, but there's three of these guys in this draft. I like all three of them. I just the, – the the big difference with Alaire is that I think he's a little bit quicker than fast. And the other two are fast, not necessarily as quick. So that's my top three. The That tier is, like, what I look for in a running back. They affect the pass game. They're also very dynamic runners, and I think that's what I like in a running back is that ability to kind of be a little bit of – be able to help both worlds, and both, all three of those guys do that. The next guy on the list uh, for me is Jonathan Taylor, 
And what I see with Jonathan Taylor is uh, reminds me a lot of Nick Chubb, right? Good burst, great long speed. Uh, it's kind of hard to tell with his vision. Uh, depends on the game you're watching, right? Because he just has such good speed. And he's, he does this one thing. He does the Nick Chubb thing. He's the only other guy I've ever seen move like this, where it's kind of like a hop, step, and go. And there's not a, like, uh, every time I watch, it keeps going, it keeps moving through contact. Um, the real questions I have with him is he really wasn't much of a pass catcher. He has some fumbling issues, and you don't really get to see him pass block a lot. So those three things. And then also, yeah, people have questions with the workload. You know, if you're uh, – nowadays running backs on first contracts, you're not paying them a lot of times anyway, and especially if you're paying – he's getting to the second round. That, that's where I see a lot of these guys. Is like I, I don't know if I really feel comfortable taking a first rounder on anybody as far as running back goes because, A, how deep this draft is anyway. So it's going to push them down regardless because people are just going to keep feeling like they could draft them later on. So they keep the kick in the can down the road. So uh, Jonathan Taylor, very dynamic athlete. Uh, his lateral movement isn't like the other three guys, right? His lateral movement is like I, I was making the comparison to Nick Chubb where it's kind of like a one cut and go um very like but and, and it has this game breaking breakaway speed you know a lot of people like I, I don't know like, I just I liked watching him and and that's that's who I came up with the comp for is is Nick Chubb if you ever watch any of Nick Chubb's film uh like what I put it like this is like he he kind of does this like weird cool like one step and go presses the line really well to find the crease he's not like dynamic like alert dynamic right like that's not his game his game is i'm gonna hop step and go and you're gonna you're gonna be afraid of losing me and that's what you're like that's how he's gonna make you miss He he managed to change direction of his brakes to keep his like defenders off kilter. Again, like this is what Nick Chubb does, and, and this is the guy who I constantly see with his comp is Nick Chubb. Uh, the next guy on the list is uh, Zach Moss, right? Uh, Utah running back, and he's uh, number five for me. And what I like about him is he's a great pass catcher out of the backfield. He's very scheme versatile, right? Almost kind of reminds me of Kareem Hunt. Like, they weren't necessarily the best long speed athletes, but they had good contact balance and uh, were dynamic enough that they could be very scheme versatile. He gets to the edge really well. Again, like, I think there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to like what he does. Uh, again, I keep thinking Kareem Hunt. He, uh, Kareem Hunt, if Kareem Hunt had, like, LeGarrette Blunt and, like, a Tevin Coleman-esque body, like, he's a very upright runner. But he kind of has a very, uh, like, a, again, like, decent contact balance. Very weird-looking body. Not like, I don't mean like that. I don't mean like, oh, my God. I'm not trying to body shame the guy. He's just very uh, good inside and out as far as a runner. Like I said, a good pass catcher, decent pass blocker. He's, uh, I, I like him. He's kind of like that guy who, if I'm, like, sitting, like, I keep waiting on running back, but I need one. Uh, that's one of those guys I kind of like am more interested in, like on the, the day two side. There's a couple of them, like again, but this is probably the guy you're going to get in that day two side. Uh, has a good stiff arm. Again, I, I compare him to like if Kareem Hunt had a kid with LeGarrette Blunt, 
kind of the hunt blunt, the blunt hunt. I I don't know. It sounds like the blunt hunt sounds like a game you play for Easter, right? Um, very good vision. It, it's it, it's kind of like hard to you know again definitely a decent pass blocker. He's got a weird lanky frame. That's what I really find weird with him. Uh, good initial bursts and like he fits well in a screen game. Very good open. Uh, Good, very good at following his blockers in the screen game. Very good at open field uh, vision. Again, I keep seeing, like, Kansas City with this guy. Like, perfect fit for him. This is another guy who's actually – a couple of guys on this list probably would like Kansas City, who love Kansas City to draft him. And he's probably one of them. Uh, the next guy on the list, too, Cam Akers, right, uh, would probably love it, too. Um, he was a little bit harder of uh, – He's harder of an eval because his offensive line wasn't that good, but he's got great leg drive, constantly falls forward. Uh, he's got breakaway speed. He's a decent pass blocker. The O-line made it hard to really get a gauge on his level of vision, but when you have opportunities to see him, there are some times where he's showing, okay, I think he'd be good behind a better offensive situation. Like He's one of those few guys who could probably do better at the next level. So uh, he shows good bursts, great straight-line runner. He's not so like I was talking before about like the top three guys that I have that first tier. He's not like them. He's not getting to the edge a lot on a lot of runs. He's more of the I I, com, I comp him to like a less athletic Nick Chubb or a but the thing is less athletic Nick Chubb's a totally different player or Jamal Williams and that's kind of like where I really kind of saw it was like yeah he's like a a uh, little bit more athletic like he's he's Jamal Williams plus right if if Jamal Williams came out with a a running back app. That's what it would be. It's Jamal Williams plus, and it would be Cam Akers. That's just kind of what I see with him. Uh, shows decent cutting ability. He's tenacious, man. He's a fighter. I My favorite thing that I saw with him, though, is they kept on running. At one point, they got so tired, they kept on running him out with a wildcat. And it was it was good. It was fun. It was, uh, you know, uh, we'd even be like wildcat quarterback and throw a couple of passes, too. And it was very good like that, to be honest. Um... I would say he's got average lateral speed. He's not, like, doing what the top three guys are doing, like I said before. Uh, like I said, with the bad play around him. But, like, he looks good. I kinda, I'm kind i interested. I'm interested in him as, like, a day two guy. Um, and, again, like, if you're a team, I, I, I see Kansas City valuing him really well. He's decent in the screen game. I, I could see this being a very, uh, a, a very fun running back for people. The guy, but unfortunately, people are going to hear Jamal Williams and they're going to be like, ah, you know, he's, he's okay. But, like, I think Jamal Williams plus, like a, like a souped-up version of Jamal Williams is what I see with this guy. That runs out my top six, right? Those are kind of like the, the guys who I really like in this class, the guys who I feel very comfortable with. There's one guy who I look at as kind of a, a as I put it, like a league average or replacement level guy, but he does a lot of things decent. Like he is the, uh, he's kind of like the next step down from Zach Moss, right? He does a lot of interesting things decently, but doesn't do anything like spectacular. Like you're not going to, he's not going to be a star. Like any of the top six, except maybe Zach Moss could probably be a star, right? Like you're going to hear about him and you're going to draft him first round in fantasy if they go to the right situation, any of those top six, maybe minus Zach Moss, is a star potentially in the making. This next guy is probably not. It's Lamichael Pirine, right? Florida, 
very good pass blocker, decent pass catcher, can line up outside, makes catches away from his frame, slips tacklers in the backfield. You won't see him do it super often, but, uh, you know, he, he got to do it against lesser competition. You got to see his open field vision. And again, like, I think he is, if your running back goes down, if your, guy, if your team looking for a, a backup running back, I could see, like, LaMichael Pirine being that fourth-round guy who you're like, listen, good pass blocker, decent pass catcher. Um, like, what happens if Nick Chubb goes down? You don't really want to use that other guy you have sitting there that's kind of an, uh, not really that great. Not not Kareem Hunt, the other guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, there you go. That's uh, the Cleveland Browns. They got a Kareem Hunt and uh, Nick Chubb, so I guess they should draft another running back, right? Um, but, like, say you're, like, uh, say you're the Giants, right? You know, Saquon Barkley's been hurt. Uh, a lot of the guys you've had replace him have been okay, but not anything amazing. This is kind of the guy you go, okay, listen, like we, we could always be at risk of losing Saquon. We need somebody there. I mean, Wayne Gallman, I guess, is kind of that league average, like starter kind of thing, but this is the replacement level guy. Uh, the thing I don't like about Michael Pierre, I keep saying replacement level. I actually think he's better than that. Uh, I just don't think he's a superstar in the waiting. Uh, you know, like, like if you watch the Auburn game, you see like, dude, you got to tackle this guy. You got to make sure you wrap him up. He does not go down off of just getting knocked down. Like knocked down, he's uh, he slips through traffic really well. He has like he has a kind of like a half spin move in there. Uh, stays on his feet pretty damn well. So like he's in his own like, I would pick him up in round four. Like if I'm a team that's like, all right, we still need a running back. All the other guys are gone. Let's go with this guy. He's the guy who I don't. I think he's better than Samaje. I think he's better than the the guy he's apparently related to. So uh, that takes me down to the 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 day three, like real true day three guys, right? And I have like a, a like a bunch of them sitting here. This is Joshua Kelly, Anthony McFarland, AJ Dillon, Eno Benjamin, and these guys all have the like, different uses, right? A.J. Dillon in the right system could be kind of fun, right? Um, stick him maybe behind Derrick Henry, and then when he walks on the franchise tag, maybe you have the replacement for Derrick Henry. Um, but I don't think he fits every scheme. I didn't like everything else I saw him do other than, like, you know, he had some decent runs here or there, but there was nothing that he did that was like, oh, I'm super, like, you know, impressed with this guy. I think he's okay. I think if you put him in the right scheme, uh you can kind of get something interesting out of him, but I don't think he's, like, spectacular. Like, you know, he had a good athletic profile from the, the combine testing, so people are really excited about him. But there's just not a lot else that he does that contributes to the game. And even as a runner, he doesn't do so much that makes you go, like, because he doesn't have, like, initial, great initial burst. He's got good long speed. And once you get him going, again, like, Derrick Henry is kind of like he's – like, when people are talking about Derrick Henry, people don't realize, like, how hard it is for Derrick Henry to be, like, he hasn't been in a, like, he's been lucky with the scheme the last two years. Like, they, they said, let's put him like this, and they started utilizing him correctly. And we only saw for, like, the last year or so that he's been utilized kind of well. So, I, uh, I don't know. I, I think he's, uh, he's more scheme defendant, dependent. He's not really a great pass blocker. I mean, a lot of teams do need that to be, like, you know, having you on the field. Uh, not great initial burst. Needs a good O-line. 
He's a decent straight line runner. That's what AJ Dillon is. Um, a guy who doesn't get really mentioned a lot. Like I mentioned him before as like my rundown. This is a guy who I actually kind of like. Kind of like I, I see him as like after Lamichael Pirine. This is the guy who I'd rather grab because it's like okay, I guess he's he's small, he's quick. His name is Anthony McFarland. Um, he's got a good stop foot, go foot, good acceleration, solid hands. Kind of reminds me of like Devontae Freeman or Philip Lindsay. Decent contact balance. Like if I'm a team that's like okay, like again, like we need a backup or we need a like a, a timeshare guy. That's a good timeshare guy. Like again, like I see uh, Anthony McFarland being a very dynamic, interesting guy. He's kind of like he comes in after Michael Piran for me. So it basically goes, uh, Swift, Dobbins, Alaire, Jonathan Taylor. Cam Akers and Zach Moss. And again, that's a tier, so like I, I kinda depends on where I'm picking somebody, right? So and then LaMichael P. Ryan, then Anthony McFarlane, AJ Dillon, and then Eno Benjamin is the, the last guy I have on my list. Uh decent in space player, has a little bit of burst. Overall, he's kinda more of like replacement level, like what I was talking about before with uh, LaMichael P. Ryan, but not like the, like, not truly great. I, I, no, I, I listen, if you're saying replacement level, you're not really thinking truly great. He does a couple of cool things. Good, like I said, good in space, has a couple of good uh, runs on record, is at least a decent pass catcher. And I, that's what I kind of want out of my backup running back is I want you to at least be able to catch some balls if I throw you on the field, right? Like, I need you to kind of be versatile and at least you have, like, there's a, uh, you know, as they kind of played around with him a little bit more, they got him the ball into space a little bit. So I, I don't think he's ever going to be spectacular or a three-down back. Uh, but he can be. He has that potential as, like, a league average three-down back, which is, I don't know what that is exactly. So I don't know. I, I think he's, you'd be fine if you, your starter went down and you need to play him. I think he's got some potential developmental so that's kind of like my top 10. That's my top 10 running backs, everybody. Let's run it down again, just so everybody knows. I got Swift, Dobbins, Alaire, all very dynamic, all great pass catchers, all, you know, all affect the pass game some way, somehow. Uh, then you got, uh, like I said, Jonathan Taylor, dynamic, kind of Nick Chubb-esque player. Then you go drop down to, like, Cam Akers, who is kind of Jamal Williams. Uh... Zach Moss, who kind of reminds me of LeGarrette Blunt, had a baby with Kareem Hunt and Tevin Coleman, a little bit in there. But not Tevin Coleman's speed, just the upright running. Then you go to uh, LaMichael P. Ryan, uh, Anthony McFarland out of Maryland, then uh, A.J. Dillon and Eno Benjamin. So there you go, you guys. Uh, that's my that's my list. So uh, you want follow the podcast at DraftVice on Twitter at DraftVice underscore football on Instagram. You can follow me at B R O J O. Death is in the end of life. Punch like that delicious drink you drink at parties. So, um, also uh, share the podcast, like it, subscribe, leave a review, leave a comment. Uh, when we get to the to the draft, we're gonna do a live stream of DraftVice. I'm gonna have one of my buddies. Uh, we might break quarantine, or we might stream some people in. We, we'll see, we're finding ways of doing it, folks. We're going to do a live stream, I'm hoping, of draft night. So take care. 
Uh, stay healthy. I'm going to try and get a couple more episodes out to you guys. Uh, and hopefully uh, we'll be at the draft soon. So. We're on the same when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. I'm about to pass. I'm about to pee.